1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Thanks for listening to Primetime with Isaac and Souk On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan.
3: Service Patriots is your home for comfort solutions for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan.
0: Welcome. Primetime with Isaac and Souk. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Unbiased. Shut show your-, show your mouth. Uncompromised sports talk without the sugar coating. I hope you're happy. You wasted everyone's life for 30 seconds. Isaac Rop and Jason Zakanik. Now shut up and let me do my job. The best in sports coverage. This is going to be quick. This is Primetime with Isaac and Souk on 1080 The Fan.
2: All right, welcome back. Stockwatch next in the news. Hot five. More uh, NFL championship weekend talk. Uh, we got to get to Dan Campbell here. Your boy biting kneecaps. Yeah,
3: yeah, bit his own. Yeah, really. It's not the reason they lost that game, but he certainly didn't
2: help. Yeah, I mean. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to just solely blame him, but man. That game's a lot different if he makes some different choices. Mm-hmm. I got I kind of blame those receivers, man. They had some
3: awful yeah. drops. Yep.
2: There were a lot of things in that game. But let's let's like I
3: said it's it was a complete and total second half meltdown where yeah, and, and I'm not overstating this. There wasn't a single defensive player, five possessions for the, the 49ers, five scores. Not a single defensive player made a single play, uh, including one hitting off a guy's face mask that should have been a surefire interception. Wasn't uh, and your offense didn't make a single play in that entire second half, and your coaches didn't put you in a good spot because you made two decisions. And
2: all right, let's just let's know. stick to Dan Campbell here, right. just just right here, and then sure. we'll talk about the rest of the game and all the other stuff yeah. later. So because he's getting a lot of heat, okay, and and he he said after the game he was like, I don't regret any of these decisions. We'll play that clip in a second.
3: You pulled the damn landing,
2: but let's let's roll through him. Um, and he does do this. I mean, this is his this yes. is his mo. Yes. End of the half he made the right decision. Yeah. Um take the points.
3: And that right? and, and that was close. They were they, yeah. were, they were on the what the 5-6 yard line. They were on the 3. On the 3 cuz he he even said afterwards he goes he goes, "Ah, it was a little far. If we were a little closer, maybe I go for it, but I was like, you can't do this. With the Niners getting the ball, kick the field goal, yeah. go in, you're up by three scores, yeah. all the momentum going your way, and yep. he did the right
2: thing. He did the right thing there. Okay. So the first one of the second half was not a terrible decision. No. They were at uh the San Francisco 28. They were up 24-10, to and it was 4th and Mm 2. That is part and parcel with how Dan Campbell has operated. You're up 14. Boy, if you can get that first down and punch one in, you're up 21. Dude, you're sitting pretty... Um, that I don't have a problem with that one.
3: No, and this that's it's a little bit like I said. I'm going back to that Washington game with with Lanning. I thought there was only one of Lanning's that was really egregious. I think there was only one of Campbell's that was really egregious. You know, and and that being said, on on third and two, on fourth and two, when you're running the ball, I still would have liked to put that in someone else's hands. But he, they they ran the right play. Reynolds was open. Yeah. Goff didn't make a perfect throw, but he hit him in the hands.
2: Yeah, and he dropped it. I, that's
3: that, big I, drop. That's that, that's your second best receiver. Uh, all year, who had been very good for you, and I'm sorry if you're a Super Bowl team, you can't drop that ball. You you can't do it. That that should have been converted. And so I'm with you. It looks bad in hindsight, but if you're Dan Campbell, and this is what Lanning said too, he's like, look, we loved the look. We didn't execute it. And that wasn't even like one of those, like, oh, you know, we didn't execute and that we, you know, it was it was a poor throw or, you know, whatever. It it, it hit him in the hands. Well,
2: enter Dave Bartou's theory. Yeah. That when you get to fourth down, the pucker factor is something that people don't really account for. Yeah. In that little plays, easier plays like that. And it wasn't the easiest catch, but yes, he should have caught it. It's not a hard catch. Right, but when it's fourth down, and everybody knows you have to make the catch, it's funny how that that one gets dropped. First down, second down, that probably doesn't, (laughs) right? I mean, that is a thing. Yes. Okay, so we don't have a problem with that decision. Okay, I I would say on that one, the only thing there is if you trade points— it's not a bad idea because you're, you're the one in control. The Niners had just kicked a field goal to start the second half, right? So it was 24-10. Just trade points. It puts if, you back up by three scores. Exactly. You're, you're up 17. You're the one ahead. Just take the three. That would have been conservative. That's not really Dan Campbell style. Won't kill him for that one. And the, if you need to
1: make an aggressive decision later, you can still do that later. But you don't have to do it at it, that point.
2: It was a little baffling to
3: me sitting there, after he had kicked it to go up by three scores at the end of the half, to sit there and say, because at that point, it's like an 85% kick rate from where they were kicking. I'm like, dude, you just went up by three scores. You're going to go back up by three scores. Like you said, it just...
2: Seven minutes left in the third.
3: It just didn't make any... I I, I love being aggressive. I love Dan Campbell. I, I didn't understand if you went with the logic of kicking the first field goal, why this one wasn't exactly the same, but... Well all again
2: right. just fourth and 2. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um so that one we don't we don't kill him for. The second one of the second half was a terrible decision. Awful. And this one was indefensible in my opinion. They were ahead. Uh they were down 27-24. Yep. They were on the San Francisco 30 and it was fourth and 3. Mm-hmm. If you tie it there, no matter what San Francisco does against your defense, which yep. by the way your defense was not stopping them nope. at all. Nope. No matter what they do, your you stay within one score, unbelievable. And he elected to go for it, and that's the one where they blew him up, and Goff rolled out and missed. This is a, Brown. and this
3: is where I'll give uh, San Francisco credit and Wilkes, who's been maligned, and I get it. Their defense at times is is a bit uh, can be a bit spotty, but they played great in the second half. Uh, they ran a man beater. They ran a little mesh combo uh, crossing route. And they sent the, I forget who it was, I think they sent St. Brown or or someone, they sent him in motion, and San Francisco, uh, the defender, followed with it. So everything in their mind was, this is man coverage. And what do you do against man coverage? You run two crossing routes. And, you know, whether that's a little rub or just the nature of the cross, one of those two guys is going to be open. So... I give San Francisco credit that they looked at that and were like we're going to present you one thing and we're going to give you another so everything before that snap was man coverage man coverage man coverage and Ben Johnson and Jared Goff both said hey this is easy we got a little routes and they ran them." and San Francisco didn't San Francisco ran zone and they passed it off perfectly and you could see Goff go to one option two option oh crap here comes the blitz from my side I'm screwed I roll out I'm not an athletic quarterback and that's where he just kind of threw it up to St. Brown that was in 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 a big moment one it was a dumb decision to go for it again I think from that range they said it was about an 82 percent chance of making that kick
2: 48 yarder I
3: I don't I just the idea with like what five and a half minutes left the idea of of not tying the game I I just I I can't I love Dan Campbell I can't process it but I give San Francisco credit that in that moment they outcoached Detroit in that big moment they fooled the a, a really really good offense and a really really good quarterback that doesn't get fooled very often and it was a great
2: scheme come up by San Francisco and they made the play another low key bad move by Campbell and again he's not the play caller yeah so this you know but he's the head coach was running it on third and goal at the 1 yeah. with 105 left yep because you had to burn a timeout there because you ran it it didn't get it. And I know I get it. They were trying to catch him off guard, run it, it in. It forces you to, to kick onside. Changed everything. Yep. It, because if you are able to, if you just throw it, yep. and if you don't get it, you get another shot at it, fourth down, you save the timeout. Yep. And and then you, you can still run that run yes, play because if you don't get it, you're yes, giving it up anyways. Correct. So all that, I mean, that's a terrible decision. Yep. You know, it's just all of this goes together. If you're only down seven Instead of ten, you can tie the game. But being down ten, the way onside kicks I mean, onside kicks are a joke anymore. They like they just you just, you just get don't them. get them. You don't get them. So they you just have to have the timeouts those you just, have to. Those decisions absolutely cost Detroit. I, I I'll stop short of saying it costs them the game, but the head coach has got to get out of his own way. Yeah. It you, it's just There's, it's it's I, I it's really inexcusable. I can't
3: defend it. I love Dan Campbell and and I and I said it about landing. I'll say it now. You can't love aggressive coaches all year long for being big balls, you know, chip, and then be mad when it doesn't work out. I'm fine. If you're going to be aggressive, that's fine. And I get analytics. But at some point, at some point, someone has to be smart. Someone, it can't be all gas, no break. At some point, someone has to pull you aside and be like, we're not doing this. So the first one, fine, you're going to be aggressive. For some reason, being up three scores isn't enough for you. But with five and some change, being down by three, and a kicker that makes 80% of those kicks, to sit there when your your defense hasn't made a single stop all second half, and your offense has no momentum whatsoever, and you're going to sit there and, and, and go, f- I, I just, I love him. But that is one of the worst. Not the first two, that one right there. Isolate it. That is one of the worst coaching decisions you will ever see.
2: I also thought they probably should have just kicked the field goal at the you know at the end there.
3: Yeah, that was like Baltimore.
2: It's like you know you save some time and kick it because you know you're gonna have yeah. to you know you got to get two scores anyway. But some yeah. of that was me having uh, San Francisco minus six and a half. Understand. <laughs> but I, I and I and I get the thinking that hey we're on we're on the one. Yeah, it's easier to get the seven here. Sure. Uh, well, I, but I still think you know my save thing time is
3: if you're at the thirty. This is my thing. If you're at the 25 or 30 and there's two minutes left, I'm all for it. Hey, kick it and and save your timeouts and play. But when you're down inside the 10, I get it.
2: Yeah, just go for it. But
3: that entire second half, as I mentioned, not a single stop from your defense. Josh Reynolds with two of the worst drops you'll ever see. The one on fourth down is inexcusable. The one on third down was even worse hit him in the GD chest Gibbs going the wrong way on a handoff and then trying to, even though he doesn't have the ball continue to run into the the line for some unknown reason, Vildor having the ball hit off his GD face mask and bounce into. Really? You're going to pull a Jose Canseco. You're going to have it bounce into his, into his face. Jameson Williams, by the way, stopping on a route into the end zone and then picking back up and having to go right through his hands. No one's talking about that. It literally went through his hands. He looked up and saw it coming down. After he had stopped the route, it went through. All he had to do was put his hands up, and that ball is caught. It, it's 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 just like there was just play after play after play with the Lions, where you just sat there and was like, "Can one person, if any one of those plays gets made, that's a different ball game." They didn't make a single play the entire second half.
2: It's incredible. Right. More on all of this. Believe it or not, we have more. On all of this, um, coming up after the Hot Five at Five. But uh, up next, let's get our stock watch in, what we're buying and selling from the weekend in sports.
0: primetime stock watch what's all the hype are isaac and soup buying it or calling bs and unloading it fast sounds to me like you guys are a couple of bookies is the hype accurate or a bunch of hot gas before you buy or sell listen close it's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat but the man worthwhile is the man who can smile shorts are too tight in the seat <laughs> primetime stock watch is brought to you by 1-800-DIVORCE when you need to take stock of your rights 1-800-DIVORCE is on your side call 1-800-DIVORCE today all right buckley is back
2: probably a little rusty although we set the over under on his mistakes on the board on friday at five yeah five and a half he didn't make one really No, out here just pitching a gem, huh?
1: Yeah, he he was great. I surprised even myself. I I thought for sure there was going to be some uh, some rust to knock off there.
3: Well, after dealing with a couple bratty kids for twelve weeks, he's probably excited to be back at work. He's gonna he's gonna have to do the oh, honey, I'm so sorry to leave you, (laughs) and I wish I didn't have to go back to work. Meanwhile, he's like, thank
1: God. (laughs) You feel that way? Uh, no. No, you can't say it. no. no. What I'm looking for is the R.O.P. I'm hurt, but I can't find it. Oh. Wait, what? I was looking for a ROP drop that that I thought fit that, but uh, I can't find it. Oh, here Here it is. is.
2: Oh, I'm hurt.
1: Anyhow, we have an all-conference championship weekend edition of... Did anything else happen in sports this weekend at all? Not as far as we're concerned. I'm trying Uh, to
3: think. Did anything else happen? Well, Well, I watched a
1: golf tournament. Some French guy won. The Blazers lost. Australian Open Finals and the Edmonton Oilers in the second longest winning streak in NHL history.
2: 16 in a row.
1: How about Xander not coming through for us? I know. His putter sucks. Yep. Yeah, we, We both took Xander... Twenty to one odds live on Friday. We thought it was a lock. Dumbasses. Yeah, we were. (laughs) Could have told you that. I had no idea what happened. Well, let's start this stock watch. (laughs) Let's start the stock watch in Baltimore. Uh, Patrick Mahomes after the game and uh, what he had to say about the team's win.
2: Yeah, it's it's special because that's a great team and a great quarterback. Um, And uh, Spags, it seems like when the games get bigger, when the challenges get higher, he performs even better. Um, And. Um, the guys executed the game plan well. Um, they got timely turnovers that played down, down at the goal line, punching the ball out. Uh, I think it was Sneed and recovering it. That was, that was a timely turnover, obviously. And um, whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. Um, that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is, even if we're not having the success that I want to have, defense is rolling and getting stops. So let's just take the, take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over, and let's go win a football game.
1: So that's Patrick right. Mahomes giving a lot of credit to his team's defense. Buy or sell that the Chiefs' defense was the strongest unit of any of the four teams this weekend. That, by the way, that was a good clip. Uh,
2: that was interesting to hear him say, "Hey, man, they're playing great. I'm not going to. They're managing this up. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's interesting.
3: It's you know from an all time great to say that. Yeah, they were the best unit. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think because you know, you know Detroit's defense was terrible in the second half. Uh, their offense wasn't bad. You go back and look through that. You know. They were fine in the second half. They just kept doing dumb things to turn the ball over or not getting it on fourth down. Um, yeah, the, the Chiefs' defense, hands down, was was the best. Uh, in fact, I, as I'm sitting here kind of thinking about it, I don't even think it's close. And that has been the strength of their team all year long. And they, I think
1: that's just now starting to surprise some people. I feel like people still think of their identity as slinging around the field, Patrick Mahomes, and their defense is savage.
3: It's a, it's a you know, you can run the ball on him. Um, they're like number two or three against the pass. They're 28th against
2: the run. And so, what did Baltimore do? Um, they threw it 40 <laughs> times and not run the ball. Go figure. Yeah, I,
1: I would buy that too. They were. That was the story of the weekend. Yep. Nolo and the Chiefs D. Well, let's move over to the San Francisco Detroit game. Uh, Dan Campbell. We obviously talked about his decision making on fourth down, but I thought he had this uh, interesting clip about whether Detroit could get back into this spot next season or in the future.
0: I told those guys, this may have been always. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware, and it'll be it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the off season, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up and, uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity. And we, we had an opportunity and we just couldn't close it out. It's, it just stings.
1: So Dan Campbell they're essentially admitting that doing this again is going to be a much tougher task by yourself that the Dan Campbell Lions will return to a conference championship game in his tenure. The odds say no. Um I mean they certainly can. The NFC is wide open. I don't see any great teams
3: rising up in the NFC, but again, Detroit's not a great team. Detroit was a very good team. Um but again, it's it's going to get harder. We know that with success, you know, golf is going to play this last year uh you know, I, I, does he want an extension? His cap hits pretty manageable right now. I think it's in the mid twenties. Does he want to get paid? Is he willing to play this last year of the deal, or does he want an extension? Uh, you're going to lose Josh Reynolds and free agency, your second best receiver. Can Jameis Williams and uh, grow, or Jameis Williams? Can he grow up into that? You were very healthy for most of the year. You didn't have a lot of season-ending injuries. I mean, it it, it just gets hard, and history tells you that. Good, not great teams that make it to a conference final or make it to a Super Bowl, they don't necessarily get back. So, is it possible? Sure. But, and by the way, Ben Johnson's going to be gone. He's not, he's going to be head coach, whether it's in Seattle or Washington. And we're going to find out just how good this team is without their offensive coordinator, who was phenomenal this year. So, you know, I hate to, I hate to be, to, to be the one to say it. And I thought he was really honest. And I, I appreciate it. I love everything about Dan Campbell. But if you're a betting man, do the Lions get back to this point? No, they don't. And I think that's what really stings. You could hear it in his voice. He knew this was an opportunity. This absolutely set up for them, and they played good enough to get a shot at a at a Super Bowl. And you think back to whether it's the you know the the Chargers or the Falcons or whoever you know that wasn't great that got to the precipice. Really hard to get back.
2: Yeah, I sell it. They're not. They're not good enough. Like I mean, they're a good young team, yeah. but the best part of their team, the single best part of their team, is leaving. Yeah, and that's their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. That that offense was legit, and that he's going to go be the probably the Commanders coach, maybe the Seahawks, and I think that's going to be a huge step back for Detroit. Yeah. Not to mention their defense isn't very good. It's I Good against the run. It's the secondary is like, hey, their secondary is terrible. Yep. I, I don't really get the love for Aaron Glenn. So I, I actually. And then Dan Campbell can't get out of his own way. So I, they are not. To me, they are not built to get back there. That was. Two, they got two home games. Um, the second one against a, a you know, I don't want to call them mediocre, but not the greatest Tampa Bay team. Um, I just. I don't know. I, I I think teams like this. Uh, somebody mentioned on the text line, best example, welcome to the mid two thousand San Diego Chargers Club, yep. Lion fans. Exactly.
3: Well, you know, Buffalo got to the title game, what was exactly. that, three, four years ago, and what did we all say? And with with a team that we thought was much better. And they're and,
2: built way better. than. And,
3: and everyone was like, well, you know, they'll be back. Well, you know what? They haven't been back. Getting here, and Dan Campbell realized that getting here is really freaking hard, and when you got a chance to finish it off,
2: well, just, you you got to I think the do the, it. the franchises you see that keep getting back New England, Kansas City, yeah, built, San they're Francisco. Built they're built way different yeah. than Detroit. Yeah. And I, I get Detroit as a good young team and a good story this year, but that's not. They're they're a far cry from these teams that you see continually in the championship games.
1: Agreed. And then finally, um the play that probably turned the game and had the most people calling the 49ers lucky the off the face mask catch by Brandon Ayuk, Ioc- The here's-
3: immaculate deflection is what they're calling
1: it. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, here's Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterback, on that play. It was huge. In that moment, we needed it to get down the field pretty quick. And, you know, we were still down, I think, two touchdowns. So, um, in that moment, it was it was like, all right, here's a shot, here's an opportunity for BA. Um, it was a single high, safety, you know, didn't get back or anything. He sort of stayed flat footed. And, you know, in our offense, in that play, it's like, all right, you can, you know, expect your receiver to, to get on top and trust him. And so, Corner did a good job with actually staying on top and, and then tipped it up. B.A. did a great job with um, just tracking the ball all the way and, and then making a huge play for us, man. So he's a baller. Um, that was, was clutch on his part. Uh, not necessarily more clutch on his part. It was still a nice play by Ayuk, but uh, buy or sell that that play is the indicator you need to believe that the 49ers are the team of <laughs> destiny and will win the Super Bowl.
3: <laughs> no,
1: because I'm, I'm not betting <laughs> against Kansas City.
3: But it just goes to show you that to get back to a Super Bowl, and this is, goes back to the last one, so many things have to break your way throughout the course of, you know, an entire season, injuries and 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 just you know this play that play. I mean, one, Purdy overthrew him. It wasn't a great ball. He, he overthrew him, and it it goes right through. Uh, it goes right through his hands. The the defensive back. um Oh, why can't I can't think. It was, it was Valder. Being, yeah, right through his hands, and then hits him in the damn head. I mean. That's just one of those things. It just goes to show you how freaking lucky sometimes you have to be to get back. You could try to do that play. You could get the Lions and the Niners to try to recreate that and try it 50 times and not get it. And yet in this one time, it it, it happened and it was, you know, it was huge. So, no, they are not a team of destiny. It's just sometimes these things bounce their way um, play that way against Kansas City and and they're not winning
1: a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I think Buck, you're trying to talk yourself, talk your, your yourself. Well, clearly, the team of destiny is the is the Chiefs because <laughs> the NFL will profit most from Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Oh, uh, you've already started. Off. Look at you! You're <laughs> no, trying I don't to, think I don't think the fix is in here. Unlike others,
2: you're trying to talk yourself into the Niners being a team of destiny. Quite frankly, I've already I've already bet the Chiefs. I, I the Niners were dead each of the last two weeks. Yep. Green Bay had them. Detroit had them. And now this is a whole different animal with Kansas City. I, I love Kansas City in this game. I don't think San Francisco is a, a team of destiny. As a matter of fact I think they're they're I don't know, there's something weird about their
1: defense, which we'll get into. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure they're that great.
2: They're right. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like
1: yep. uh, you know, the- I, I am with you. I am concerned. I have a plus two seventy five <laughs> ticket on the Niners to win the Super Bowl. I will be hedging against that because I think you're right. I think the Chiefs. Probably yeah,
2: I, I just so I don't think they're a team. To answer your stock, they're just. I'm going to sell that. They're not a team. Fair in enough. Destiny. Well, that um, does it, boys. All right, that is your stock watch. Each uh, what is today Monday at five four uh, fifteen. It is brought to you by Goldberg Jones. When it comes to divorce, custody, or child support issues, trust Goldberg Jones to help. Call 1 800 Divorce. Phone questions answered at no charge. In the News is coming up next, but first, Buck with SportsCenter. We really need new phones. T Mobile will
3: cover
4: the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
2: Get back to football, but right now it is uh, January 29, 2024. It is time for In the News. I am your noted and humble newsman. Thank you. Thank you so much. 60 degrees out there today, JC Babes.
3: Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. How about that? thought I was coming back from Arizona to do some more uh, piss-poor weather.
2: No. Nope. It's fantastic. Although I think it's going to get worse. It's supposed yeah. to get colder again, I think. Awesome. Way to go. All right, it's Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. All right, go Bubble Wrap. Today. I like the
3: Well now we went from the small bubble wrap to now we get the big bubble wrap.
2: Yeah. I wonder why. Oh, probably just more efficient, cheaper. Yeah, you know. I don't like those. I don't like breaking those down. No. You know, if you get a lot of them.
3: Yeah, you get a lot of them. But, you know, the big bubble wrap is easier
2: to uh it's easier to deflate than the little small ones.
3: But it's not as fun to pop.
2: Well, no, I was saying I don't like breaking them down. I think it's harder because it's Oh, really? Well, it's just they're just there's a lot of them. You know, the, we're talking about the ones with like they're like the p- little mini pillows and they yeah. go in the line. Yeah. Yeah, see I hate that. Really? Because you gotta pop each one separately. Oh yeah.
3: I just get a little like, you know, letter opener or whatever and just bap 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 and it's done. I think they're they're easier, but that's mm-hmm. just me. Mm-hmm.
2: It is also Free Thinkers Day. Oh, that's good. Shout out to all you free thinkers out there. Unfortunately, uh Free
3: Thinker has just become uh, a bunch of idiots. Like I'm all for yes. questioning, you know, you know, questioning authority and all that, but my God, the amount of questioning that we're doing, we, we've gone to the point where we refuse to accept any sort of reality, and you can just be the biggest ignorant dumbass on the planet and be like, oh, I'm a free thinker. No, you're a moron.
2: I agree. Yeah.
3: You see it all the time where you just, someone asks them like two or three well, simple questions and their response is, I don't buy into that.
2: Well,
1: yeah, I'm a free thinker who does my own research. Those usually go hand in hand. You know yeah. who is, um, who is
2: this guy that you just mentioned? Hmm. Aaron Rodgers, yes, one hundred percent. Because he continually says, "Well, I just I think differently. I'm yeah. a free thinker." Well, that doesn't. I mean, even if if you say and think stupid things, yeah. um, you're going to get criticized for it, and then you get criticized for it, and then he's like, "Well, I'm just you just hate free thinkers." Yeah, that's no, you just think stupid things. Sure.
3: I have no people. I have no problem with people that think differently, but again because you think that everything is a conspiracy and everything that the masses uh believe or the scientific community agrees upon that
2: that means that it's false my god it's like stop watching youtube what is it about local people who make jeopardy that we love so much
3: oh i just it's kind of one of those things like you know ah, oh, it's local it could be anyone it could be us no it couldn't make
2: does it make well no it couldn't it's exactly. definitely not going to be me no Is it, uh, does it make you feel better about your community that you've got a smart person in there? Is it
3: any dumber? Is it any, is that any dumber than when we take pride in a a local youth baseball team or whatever? It's like, oh, our boys are going to go into the Little League World Series. Like, you know, community pride, one of those
2: things. Ah, it's one of us. Portland's Mira Hayward had a lot of fun the first time on Jeopardy, competing against fellow players and pocketing $37,000. Tasty. Money she put into savings, by the way. Lame. The second time around happened to be just as enjoyable. She returned from taping in Los Angeles with stories to tell and having missed several days of Portland's winter weather. Uh, She was down there. That's um, probably the best part about it. So she she can't reveal how she did. Yeah, you got to keep it, got to keep it hush hush. But I saw the photo of her with Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings, yeah.
3: Can I say too that? And I'm I mean this in the most polite way. Uh She looks like a Jeopardy contestant. <laughs> she looks very smart. I'm not bagging her. Well, right? she, she, looked, just, she can looks. Can I?
2: Di- I'll take it one step further. Yeah. She looks very homely. I look, she just looks smart. I look.
3: Yeah. You know, I think she spent a lot of time in books, and that's a good thing.
2: Her game will air February 5th. That's seven.
3: I haven't seen. What is the? What does she do? Do we
2: know? Uh, she's a podcaster, it says.
3: Yeah. All right. All right yeah. <laughs> go, so nothing. Go podcasting. I don't know. Uh, oh, she she's is, a Harvard graduate, though.
2: Yeah, she went to Catlin Gable. She went to Harvard. Mm. Uh, she is the daughter of State Senator Elizabeth Steiner. Mm.
3: So she comes from a uh, little upper crust money?
2: She is a writer with a history podcast called Noble Blood. Mm. Which tells strange stories of royalty. And that's how she makes her living? I guess we make
3: our living playing fart sounders, so who are we to judge? That's right. All right. She graduated Harvard. What did
2: I do? Mina you Hayward. <laughs> a two-time champion. She is, um, it's the champion's wildcard tournament. I don't know what that means, but all right. I think there's people that won, and uh, then they bring them they back. They all come back. So she she beat like,
3: like an elite class. It's one thing, like, you get on Jeopardy and you go against, like, some dumbass, like, one of us gets through. But she beat actual smart people. She beat the champions. Well, I
2: think you're—anytime you're on there, you're beating—if you win, you're beating smart people.
3: I don't think so. I think there's people that go on that. I've watched that show enough to know that sometimes people are on there, and you can tell the difference between people that are just there to compete and people that are like, whoa, that dude's smart.
2: (laughs) You know who's on Celebrity Jeopardy right now? What? Uh, One of my uh, favorite little um, crushes. Katie Nolan.
1: Really? They just wrapped that up. Do you want to know how she did? Sure, because I won't watch it. She made it to the final, but she ended up losing in the final. To who? Uh, Lisa Ann Walter. She's in, I think, Abbott Elementary. She's an actress. Hmm. All right. I love Katie Nolan.
3: Well, who doesn't? Yeah.
2: She seems delightful. She is delightful. And uh, so I didn't know she was such a smarty pants. Do they dumb down Celebrity Jeopardy? Oh, I'm guessing they do. Right. Yeah. I mean,
3: yeah. I think so. They should. I got to believe that, the, you know, you get you get a slightly subdued Jeopardy board. like you Or know. you
2: throw in some easies, you know? Yeah,
3: I don't think they're doing, like, French poetry, right, for all of those people. I kind of want to go back and see who won Celebrity Jeopardy. Hey, I got news on you. Well, he just told you. No, 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 no. Like, of all the oh. people that have won Celebrity Jeopardy.
2: My English teacher in high school was, or one of my English teachers, was on Jeopardy. Yeah? Yeah, and we thought that was the coolest thing ever. And was that... And he was the weirdest dude of all time. But he was probably pretty sharp, huh? Oh, dude, he was smarter. I mean, he's one of those, yeah. I mean, we all know that guy, right? Yeah. A San Francisco
1: Giants beat writer I used to work with, he went on Jeopardy, and he he won two or three days, and he said the only thing he wanted going there was to make sure he didn't lose on a sports question, because he'd been a sports columnist forever, and he lost Final Jeopardy on a sports question. (laughs) What was the question? It uh, It was about, like, Olympic events and what event was removed, and it was, like, the acrobatic trampoline or something. He didn't have it. I don't think any of us would have.
3: I'm looking here at some people that won Celebrity Jeopardy. Mm. And,
2: uh, you know, there might be. Got some smarts?
3: Yeah, there's definitely some smarts on there. Penn Jillette, he won oh. uh, on there. I'm trying to think of some other notables. Uh, astronaut Mark Kelly. Remember, he was the guy that got stalked by the other crazy astronaut. Remember that? Nope. The, the lady that drove from Texas and was peeing in her pants that wore a diaper. Oh. that's who she was stalking was okay. uh, Matt Kelly he Mo beat,
1: Rocca was on this one
3: he beat Aaron uh, Rodgers by the
1: way yeah Mo Rocca also made it to the final with Katie Norman Rodgers <laughs> well, remember Rodgers wanted to take over for Trebek Rodgers. he like, wanted yeah. to host the thing yeah. Chris
3: Wallace former Fox News man he won okay oh, just Robin Roberts let's look at P- Cheech Robert. Cheech won really yeah A Cheech of of the Marin program. yeah Cheech Marin I was just looking of all the people that like I'm like oh my god Cheech Marin alright go Cheech
2: All right, uh, up next on In the News, your Eggies must now be (laughs) cage-free. What if I want my Eggies caged? Do you know what that means? I prefer sweatshop eggs. (laughs) That's next. Uh, It is 446 on the fan. All right, this is In the News, Jan 29, uh, 2024, if you can believe that. I can't.
3: It's going by very quick.
2: Well, suddenly this is behind a paywall here. I hate that. So why does it, so I go to Oregon Live, Mm -hmm. and I read a story, and I can read it all the way through and i put the i put the link in my notes mm-hmm. i open up the link on the show and it's now behind a paywall
3: sometimes they allow you so many free articles and once you click off of it and then you go back in your free article may be up well, like the wall street journal does that rolling stone men's health whatever they do the this one's on us if you want more they give you a taste that's how they get you hooked rob they give By the you way, a taste, and then they demand more.
1: The um, I'm always looking at the comments on the YouTube feed as well. Someone's saying that uh, Cheech Marin beat Anderson freaking Cooper to win Celebrity Jeopardy. Take that, Anderson <laughs> Cooper. Suck it.
2: Have I ever told you I think Anderson Cooper is one of the most overrated um, newsmen? Ooh, hot have take. I no, this? I don't think you have. I find him awful. Really? Yes. I think he's... Is it because he looks like our boss? No, I, he's just... <laughs> I think he's terrible. Oh, all right. I can't say I've ever thought
3: one way or another about Anderson Cooper. He seems... Uh, Vastly mm. overrated. Although, when I think about Anderson Cooper, I don't necessarily think of like hard-hitting news. Exactly.
1: He's milquetoast. He's but like a great news presenter, almost like an award show presenter. He looks good, he gets the words right, but like... He kind of doesn't, though. He stumbles a lot. I guess I don't watch enough of him to know that. Mm. A
2: lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch
0: enough of him either.
2: Well, here's what I can tell you. Please. The, the first line of this story I can read. Okay. And then I have to... Then we're hooped. I have to unlock my seven-day free pass, which mm. I'm not going to do. No, no. Nearly all commercial egg farms in Oregon and Washington <laughs> must now keep their hens cage-free. Really? We're ending the sweatshop uh, eggs, huh? Under new laws that went into effect January 1st. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how about that? I
3: wish there was more to that story, but...
2: There's nothing. I can't read th- there's anything there's more. Nothing, there's nothing else we can well, do? Well, I can tell you this. I saw a documentary where they did... They took identical twins. Chickens? No. Oh. I- identical twin human beings. Yeah. And so they have the same DNA, right? Yeah. And they they did a study, the first of its kind, where they gave one of the twins a vegan diet mm-hmm. and the other of the twins a carnivorous diet. Sure. And uh, the results, I will not spoil for you because if you want to, for some reason, you want to watch it. It's on Netflix. But um, in there, they there is a a chicken farmer mm-hmm. who was talking of the horrors of farming chickens. Yeah, those chickens are horrors. To the point where he got out of the business, and he now grows mushrooms. Oh. Um, but he is quoted in there as saying, "He's like, hey man, these chickens." When they say cage-free, man, yeah. that could mean a three-foot by five-foot space. Yeah.
3: So let me let me say this for the record. One, I understand that everything I eat, unless I'm killing it myself, which I don't do, uh, unless I'm cooking up some like possum soup. I understand that every one of those conditions is horrible. Like nothing breaks my heart more than when I see the chickens or the cows stuffed into the containers like on the road. It's all awful. But where you lose me is what this guy's saying. So you're going to say, okay, right? This is cage-free. If you want to believe that you're buying your eggs from some sort of awesome farm where the chickens live in peace and harmony <laughs> and are cruising around or getting treated like royalty, it's just I don't know. I just don't think that's reality. Well, I well, wish that's it was. What this guy's saying. Exactly. That's my point. Is I I wish this was better. I wish that it was it was uh, more sustainable. I, I wish that the animals were treated better. I'm just not naive enough to think that when I see organic or cage-free or whatever grass-fed finished beef, you know, that these animals are being treated like I, I treat my dog. And I just, unfortunately, the world is a crappy place sometimes, and I think when it comes to the food chain, I don't know if there's anything that's that's much worse.
2: I try to eat organic when I can, and I often think that. I'm like, what? I just have to trust it, right? Like no, I, I've, no, I don't, I don't know. know, it says organic, so I'm just gonna eat it. Again, if the thinking chi- that it's organic, yeah, but I don't know. Burn
3: says you realize the cage free means they have to be let out for like ten minutes a day, and then you can go back in your cage. I like,
2: guess I guess that's well, my. That's thing. what he's saying exactly. The guy, the, he, this guy was a chicken farmer, and he's yeah, like, "Look, yeah, don't be fooled, man. Yeah. Cage free. Yeah. I mean, that means they could be in a cage; it just has to be a little bigger. <laughs> yeah.
3: Or they let them out for some like the the yeah. chicken can go like do some push ups and some squat thrust, yeah. and then it goes back like in the in cage, the prison
2: yard. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's just, still it's, a prison.
3: It's horrible. Like I am one Netflix documentary away from trying to be a vegetarian." which is why I don't watch any of those because they break my heart I can't handle it when you see like the because I love pork and every time I see like pigs I I just I can't because I love pigs
2: what about porky pig?
3: well he's got to come and screw him but like a lovable Wilbur sort of pig I just I can't I I, I just have to take blind I have to do blind ignorance because uh, I had a pork chop over the weekend (laughs) which was just dynamite Uh, by the way Sneaky I'm becoming a pork chop guy at steakhouses yeah. Yeah, like every time I go to Steakhouse now and I see that pork chop on the menu it calls to me. And I'm just I I, I can't think about where that
1: pork chop comes from. My only issue is that <laughs> I feel like pork chops are often one of the like entrees that usually gets underperformed on by the chefs. It's like they're going to get dried out and stuff. I love doing my own pork chop. I feel like ordering a pork chop out is a little bit of a gamble.
3: I am on a pork chop (laughs) run. (laughs) It's a
1: gamble. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I'm on a heater right now.
3: I'm like on a four pork chop heater, and quite frankly, I'm going to ride that son of a bitch until it bucks me off. We
2: need to hear from chefs. Are pork chops treated like bastards?
3: Yeah. If I go to a nice steakhouse and I order the chop... Is that guy in the back
1: like, you you, rube, you won't know the difference. I feel like a lot of people just throw the pork chop on the menu just to have a pork option, and so it's not necessarily treated with the same esteem as the other cuts.
2: I cannot think of any scenario where I would ever order the pork chop over a cut of meat. Really? Over a steak. No. Well, it is a meat. It is a meat. I know. I just mean a steak.
3: I'm telling you, I'm riding high on this pork chop high, and I'm not going back. Not for a while.
1: I smoke a mean pork chop on the Traeger. Buck, uh, how about
3: an invite over? Uh, we know, should do let's, it. Let's, let's let's talk about this. You you won me at uh, smoked pork chop. No, probably not. Maybe though. <laughs> that's like when Schultzy invites it. me over to his house for some sort of shindig. Well, day. he did.
2: He sent out a Super Bowl party invite. Yeah, it's not happening. But I at least told him that you keep you keep wanting him to invite you. He just did, but that one somehow doesn't count.
3: No, it's a no counties. He needs to invite me on. And look. You're not going to that either. You need to invite me on a less- well, uh, I don't want to go to his house. You do. You, I don't. You've said you want to see what Schultz's got going uh, on.
2: I'd watch like a, a Schulte, um, um oh Cribs. Yeah. But I don't want to go over there. Yeah. <laughs> understand. I mean, you don't either. I kind of do. I mean, I love Schultz, but see... I'd rather meet him for a beer. I'm fascinated in what Schultz's home
3: life uh, is like. But Are you? I am. Why? Because he, he's a fascinating little dude. I, I need to- I'm his wife, dynamic, and I need to know how they met, and I want to see Solti like, wooing his bruh. I, I, I need to see these things. But Super Bowl party? It's asking a lot, man. That's like taking a relationship level. Like, why don't you just
2: ask me to take you to the airport while you're at it? It's a it's a level that we're not at yet. All right, that's in the news for Jan 29. How about that? January 29, 2024. Coming up next, the Hot 5 at 5. We have a lot of news regarding uh, coaching uh, movement in the NFL, and the Chiefs lose a big one next on The
4: Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.